Welcome to episode 12 of Am I a Baller? If this episode had a name, which it does, but it could also be named Francis because of Steve the Franchise Francis. Instead, we call it something else. The NBA is still canceled, and so is Friends, the show, and actual friendships. But that being said, we are going to be moving forward and continue to focus on the lifestyle and business aspect of being a baller. And of course, we're going to talk basketballs. So here we go. This last week, um, you know, I posted a couple things online and, and I had a really, really cool week. Um, got to go to my kid's school and uh, and me and Elijah talked about Miko Club. We talked about MI Baller and just talked about entrepreneurship with uh, with the like hobbies and careers day. We yep. we done a couple years ago. Uh, we had some young kids like your your first or fourth or K through fourth graders and like fifth through eighth graders. Uh, and, and we did like four sessions, so it was pretty fun. The, the young kids, Elijah got the B pad, and, and they got to have a lot of fun. But, um, you know, and then the next day, like we didn't almost have like a themed week, so we ended up going to the Sangamon CEO group and talking to seniors in high school about um, just about like how we started um, a production company, content creation, and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a cool week, and I got to like talk about some things that I think are like principles to me of business. Um, and, and those principles, like the way that whenever I'm usually in that sort of situation, especially with a group of kids, I like to talk about the idea of no shortcuts. Like there's no way to go into the business world and just like lightning in a bottle. It's not going to happen. Like, like you're not going to just suddenly get rich overnight. Um, you're not going to like, you know, with video, people are always asking about, like, you know, making viral videos or being streamers. Kids love to talk about becoming streamers or doing something like that. And, uh, you know, like I always just tell people, there's no shortcuts. You can't just like overnight just do it. And uh, and I even heard of a company that was like trying to create viral videos and they they have VCs and, and they're just pumping money into this. And they'll make like 100 or 150 videos a year and like two or three of them will go viral out of all the best ideas and all the production money they have. So it's like, this is not like, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's just like if we all practice basketball all night and all day, if your kid practices basketball, your kid becomes Mr. Basketball in the state, it doesn't mean your kid's going to go to the NBA and make millions and millions of dollars. You know, just recently I heard Charles Barkley say he didn't know how many times somebody told him their kid was Mr. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. And he said, yeah, there's I don't care. You know, yeah, there's, there's, one, there's 50 of them. Every year, yeah. yeah. It's just like it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like you really got to be special. You really got to have something special mm-hmm. for going that route. So I talk about that a lot. You know, I end up – that's something that's like a constant thing that kind of – in my mind, there's no shortcuts. So like you're not just going to go and start a business. And I feel like that's the thing I get a lot, and that's what I want to talk to you about today is like starting businesses. You don't just go and start a business – and that business is just a wild sensation. That really doesn't happen very often. When it does, there's a lot of luck involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I, I like to talk about, and I know that uh, a couple weeks ago in, in our episode with with Adam, when we talked about Lincoln, um, you know, the, the town that I had grown up in, I said it was a city of mediocrity. And I, I, I like to tell the kids, I actually told the kids uh, at, at my kids' school, that we live in a, in a city and in, in the Midwest in general and central Illinois is kind of an area of mediocrity uh, where a lot of businesses don't have to try to be mildly successful. Like they don't have to have the best product or even really the best experience 
they just end up being like the only place with that product. So they mm-hmm. just, that's that they make their money. So like how that creates a problem that I kind of combat by advice. My dad gave me, my dad always told me that whatever I do in life, there was always somebody better. He said, you know, when I was a kid, I want to be a great baseball player. He said, no matter how good you get a baseball player, there'll always be somebody better than you at baseball. And I'll be like, what about Michael Jordan? He's the best basketball player. And he'd go, no, there's been, my dad would always say, Will Chamberlain was better. So he'd be like, well, Will Chamberlain was better. He goes, and there's probably somebody out there that could beat Michael at least sometimes in one-on-one. So he's not always the best. You know, no matter what you do, there's always somebody better. And he would just like pound that principle to me. And I feel like for me, that's something that as an entrepreneur has like kind of stuck with me that even when I've been in a place like Lincoln or or wherever we are, wherever we're doing something, Mm -hmm. I I always just I want to be the best at it. So I don't think about whether it's the best thing in the little town we're in. I compare it to like a a larger market. I think of like, would this thing still be good in Chicago? Would it still be good in New York? Yeah. Like, would this thing still be a great product or a great business? Are we really doing that good? And a lot of times, I, I, if I'm honest, I'm like, man, we're not as good as I want to be. And I think that's why sometimes we kind of feel that way. I know, like, being partners with Zach, with with Fummed Up and Bracey Boys, you know, Zach always wants to put out the best product. Um, and, like, we'll, like, sometimes be like, man, this isn't as good as this. And I think, yeah, if we moved to this whole shop to Kansas City, we'd have to try harder. But I want to try harder, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like a lot of people don't. So those are things that like have been on my mind a lot. In the process of this, you know, I, I, I got to thinking just about the way opportunities come. And, um, you know, like a lot of times when people come and they want to start a business, they'll, they'll tell me like some idea or something. A lot of times, you know, with, with our experience in restaurants, they like to talk about, oh, man, I want to start a restaurant or I want to. My buddy has a cafe. I'm thinking about getting a cafe or I'm thinking about you doing this kind of thing. And I'm always like, don't do it. <laughs> Usually my first advice is just don't do it because I think you really don't know. Like mm-hmm. you definitely think this is going to be the best and it's probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's also like these people that will come and they'll say, why don't you start a and then they'll insert franchise name. Like, why don't you start a blank? Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you did that, you'd make a lot of money. And I get that. I get that unsolicited advice from people, family, especially (laughs) um, all the time. So, you know, uh, I want to talk about that today. I want to hear, you know, like, what is some things like, do you have people that come and tell you, I mean, you're, you're in a place where you're working a day job and you got some side hustles. Do you have people that come and talk to you about business and, and just like Dalton, why don't you do blank? Oh man. Yeah, I feel like I just had a thought on that. Um, I guess a, a little bit like, you know, um, I, I feel like we we all kind of see that more and more with MLMs, like multi-level marketing. You know, that's such a big fad, especially with social media. Um, so you see that, that rising up more and more. Um, but I always think, like, I hate when I'm doing something – and I'm like really doing it. And then people like have the suggestion of like how to make your business better. And it's like, if you want to do that, you like you start the business and you do it that way. And we'll see like either who's a more successful or be like, why that was a dumb idea and I'm not doing it or see, like, I just don't want to do your idea. Cause I'm doing me at this point. And that I, I feel like 
I feel that a lot. Like every time somebody wants to come up to the coffee shop and order a drink that we don't make, I just want to yell at them and say, no. Are they, why don't you sell this? Yeah. Uh, with yeah, the coffee like, shop I get yeah. with, uh, it's like start your own coffee shop and, and you do it if you want it, but I don't want to do it. What's the, what's the coffee company? Oh, death wish. What I get all the time in the coffee shop is people go, do you sell death wish coffee? And this has happened. There's, there's this bozo that used to come say it all the time. Uh, and I want to shout him out, but I'm not even going to give him that. Um, but I've had a few other people that just have come up and be like, oh, man, you guys should sell Death Wish coffee. And I can't take the time to explain to them that that coffee is not close to as good as the coffee we have. Mm-hmm. And that that's just like really strong, highly caffeinated coffee. Um, and that it's just marketed really well to a group of people that want coffee that they think they want coffee that makes their tongue slap the back of their head. That's what my Kentucky friends would say. Coffee that makes your tongue slap the back of your head because it's so just strong. And it's like, that's not why I drink coffee. I also want to let you know that light roast always has more caffeine in it. And I use light roast coffees that, you know, come from micro lots. We had a guy, were you there the other day when a guy came and told me that he gets coffee from small farms and he could get me better coffee mm. and he clearly couldn't have gotten me better coffee and clearly didn't have an understanding like, these of like, what we were talking about. Yeah. Like we're doing a multi roast models featuring like the best, best yeah. coffee roasters in the country and world and you are doing it better than them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, Show me the numbers. we're, cur- we're curating it, it you know, we're curating it on purpose to find the best yeah. things and, and it's just like whatever, uh, but so I definitely, I definitely feel you. We get a lot of that advice. Um, I remember one time I went to a meeting in a, in a in a guy that I was kind of interested in working with, but I didn't know him, so I wanted to get to know him. And I remember he really wanted to he really wanted it to seem like he knew my business better than I knew it, but he clearly didn't. And he was like, "You need to go home and start a Facebook page for this tonight." And I said, "Yeah, man, I might." And he goes, "No, you're gonna do it tonight." And I was thinking, no, I'm not. <laughs> and if I did do it tonight, that wouldn't make me any money at all. <laughs> like, that wasn't good advice. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted it to be good advice and he really wanted to say something, you know. A lot of people just want to say something. I have a, I have one family member that um, she, just, she just can't believe that uh, for a living I would try to make coffee now it doesn't matter that i do other stuff it doesn't matter none of that matters it's the idea that one of the things i do is make coffee to her coffee is of no value and doesn't understand why anybody would pay for it how it would take care of a family people like that are like you you never heard of starbucks somebody's doing it you know i tried i tried (laughs) but it just doesn't matter you know and i also have had people that that have this belief and uh and this this really it's one of those things that you have to just ignore, but like they see something we're working on and, and, and I, and I don't think this just happens to us. So I'm not trying to say this in just like a, in a central, like, Oh man, we're working on all kinds of stuff. The stuff we're working on, I literally just said, there's always somebody better and we want to be the best at it. We want to do better at everything we're doing. Um, but I've had people that just be like, well, if I was doing that, it would be more successful or I would do it better. And it's like, it's like, first off, just the pride of that statement is ridiculous. Like the arrogance that you have to think that is crazy Two, to think that I'm not giving it everything I got. And if you could do it better, I would love to have you as a partner. Let's see it, you know, like bring the money to the table. Let's get it going. You know, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm out here with the everybody eats philosophy. Like if we're all working hard at something, then we're all going to eat from that. We're all going to be successful off of it. I don't want to, you know, like right now I'm making the stallion situation where you're, you're working really hard and the only person eating is your label and your agent because you got took, you know, I'm on the opposite. I'm like, Hey, if you got a great product and I can get your product out there and we can do this together, then we're all going to be happy. Yeah. We're going to find a way that we're all happy together. Like success together is, is success. One other thing I, I want to talk to you about was um, franchises. You know, like what's, what's your take? I have people come all the time and they say, why don't you start this franchise? In food business, it's always like, oh, well, back in the day it was Chick-fil-A. Springfield people always be like, we got to get a Chick-fil-A. Um, and getting a Chick-fil-A is actually a really hard thing to do. Uh, now there is a Chick-fil-A and it's really busy. And uh, the people that got that really won the lottery on that one. But like, what do you think? Like, you know, people are always starting franchises. I actually, you know, I get entrepreneur in the mail. I brought my issue with me today. They always at the end of an entrepreneur issue tell you the price of starting, you know, a ton of different franchises. Mm -hmm. So I, how about I holler at you? I'll tell you the, the top 10 on their list this month for um, your your fastest growing franchises. This is their ranking. Okay. Are, are these uh, in all the industries? This is in all industries. And I think that's a good question because a lot of people, when they think franchises, they only think restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. People don't and realize they, most things that we interact with are franchises. Everything. Everything we interact with is Every franchises. Even down to... you go to, retail yep. store. Like your your lawn care. Yep. I mean, all these things. Franchise security companies. They're all franchises. And you can, you can buy into these companies. And, and I, I want when I think of like the American dream you're taught in like capitalism, there's an idea here that you can start a business and you can be successful and anybody can start a business to be successful. And right now in the present climate of, of conversation, there's a lot of talk of like, well, if you weren't lazy, you would get out there and make some money mm -hmm. instead of asking for a, the government to figure it out for you and all these other, you know, all these other options, or, you know, you would go pay for college, you know? Um, and it's like, well, I mean, you could still be a really hardworking person and, and still not be where you want to be. You know? yeah. Uh, let me introduce you to a lot of people in, in the South who are working really hard and don't really have a lot for it. Uh, so it, it's like one of those situations so well, you can start your own business and maybe that's cheap. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's easy. A lot of people are on that, but then you can go with these franchises. So I'm going to give you a rundown of the, the top 10 fastest growing, according to an entrepreneur uh, right now. Uh, number one is Supercuts. You start a Supercuts. I mean, they've been popping up everywhere. Yeah, there's a Supercut everywhere. They're growing so fast. Buying in the franchise of Supercuts is apparently pretty good. Um Jam Pro Franchising International. It's a commercial cleaning company. So, in Jam Pro is number yep. two. Uh, yep. So that's actually pretty high on the list. Uh, number three is Reese and, and Irvies is a frozen yogurt and ice cream place, uh, like vending machines. Uh, that's pretty cool. They've they've only got three hundred and fifteen uh, franchises, which is small for these other ones. Number four is Cruise Planners, uh, so a travel agency. Number five. Taco Bell. Uh, number six, Planet Fitness. No, this, this is the hottest <laughs> right now. Like, you get into this right now. These are the fastest growing Man, people are starting I, I these everywhere. Fitness. I just uh, heard they're like 24, 48 Planet Fitness in all of Colorado. Yeah, it says it wow. says here that there's 1,779 franchise units 
and AD Cohen. Yeah. They they have a pretty pretty decent model. That's like that's a team. lot. Yeah, and obviously the more it grows, the more people that you become playing fitness member yeah. and you travel and yeah. those things. Um, seven is is Stratus Building Solutions, an environmentally friendly commercial cleaning. So we got two cleaning companies in the top ten. Number eight, America runs on Dunkin'. And that that mm-hmm. that lady that says you can't make money on coffee. I don't know. Uh, number nine, Orange Theory Fitness. Mm-hmm. I got one of those here. And number 10 is Goosehead Insurance Agency. It's a property and casualty insurance place. Now, out of all those options, which one do you think is the cheapest startup cost? Total total startup costs? Yeah, they give you a range usually. Um, um, there's there's two that are really cheap. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually going to guess... Surprisingly, I would guess Duncan is probably up there on on cheap startup costs. I bet their franchise fees aren't as high percentage wise. Right or wrong? Oh, uh, wrong, wrong. Right. I'm gonna go their with lowest. That. Their lowest startup, and and these are usually wrong. Like you could probably start a little less than this. Their lowest yeah, startup. I mean, is it depends on the three hundred ninety-five thousand. Yeah. Okay. Is their lowest startup for a Duncan franchise. And their highest range is like one point six million. Yeah. So most likely, this is where people don't don't take account. You have to be able to buy the property. Yeah. Um, you have to pay an upfront franchise fee, pay for all the equipment, pay for all the product, all the marketing. have enough money yeah. for labor, and yeah, you're gonna pay constant franchise fees for marketing and advertising, um, franchise fees throughout the year. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, supercuts. I, I bet supercuts is up there. Supercuts. It seems like a low overhead type of business. Supercuts more expensive than I thought. I thought the supercuts would probably be like a fifty, sixty thousand range, one hundred and fifty-one thousand to three hundred twenty-one thousand. So probably again yeah. enough Definitely. to either secure a really long lease up yeah. front or buying a building. Yeah, they they're always in like you know major retail area. Yeah, so those are all all those commercial property. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're always in a a high traffic area, so that's going to cost you more money. Um, You know, more money in your lease, and it's going to have to be built out to be a supercuts. So I'll I'll go ahead and just tell you the two that are the cheapest are cruise planners. Uh, So a travel agency being pretty Mm -hmm. cheap, Uh, they have that as a two point three thousand to twenty three thousand startup. So that's actually really really nice. Um, We have to do the other one is. Yeah, you can buy, buy an office phone on a website, yeah. Um, the other one is Stratus Building Solutions, the environmentally friendly cleaning company. Is So you can start one for 4500 to $72,000. Yeah, I would have expected that a cleaning, cleaning, cleaning company would have been a little little bit more. Do they supply all the products and stuff? Yeah, you're going to buy the products. And then Jam Pros is about the same price, okay. about 4200 to fifty four. They're, they're going to supply the chemicals. Usually okay. what happens yeah. with those is, is the company creates the chemicals. It's, it's more of an ongoing fee. Yeah. yeah, and then you you pay for the chemicals yeah. and you're buying product from them forever. Yeah. And that makes you sense. have that name. Yeah. And maybe they only have one in an area where, like, if you're buying a McDonald's, obviously they can just – they can pretty much screw you because you could have McDonald's and another guy could have McDonald's right down the yeah. street and he's taking some of your business – so they can squeeze out as much money as they can. Yeah. With, with a cleanup company or a cruise planner, they're probably not going to have competition. Uh, on on the higher end of this, you know, um, you know, Duncan was four hundred thousand. Uh, Taco Bell five hundred twenty five thousand to two point nine million. So you could really spend a lot of money starting Taco Bell. Man, which Planet is- Fitness, who you really wish like I think Planet Fitness. I think man, if somebody said man, you know, what you should get into own a, a fitness place those yep. are making a lot of money you go oh yeah you're right 
Uh, yeah, if you have 1.1 million on the low end, oh, I, I believe you could it. start you a Planet Fitness today. Yeah. Well, I bet the, the leases on the, the size of the spaces that they use, and I read uh, a lot of Planet Fitnesses are partnering with Kohl's and other retail spaces that are too big for their space. You know, they're splitting up the sections of the buildings that they oh, own. Yeah, Simon like needs to figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah, 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 for sure. They should put a second gym in the mall. Yeah, a second <laughs> gym. One that you could actually get to from in the mall. Wouldn't that be a good <laughs> idea? Um, Orange Theory Fitness. So you think, oh, we go with the cheap one because there is an Orange Theory right across from the yeah, mall. Yeah, smaller location. Uh, 575000 on the minimum to one and a half million. Man, what so, do they pay those trainers? I don't I don't know. Um, if you want the uh, Reese and Irvy's frozen yogurt and ice cream vending machines, you can get that for 140000 to $1.1 $1. $1 That's a lot more than I so, expected. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually I have an email in my account from a – from a franchise that wanted me to start a franchise in, in the Springfield area. And I had been talking to, and they wanted in, they're actually in this top 150. Uh, in, in here, it has them at like 140 and they wanted 80 uh, for, for like a mall location. So 80,000 up front. And then like, you had to have so much money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Plus obviously agree to pay the fees for so long. Uh, sometimes your franchise fees are like, you might pay a fee and it's like a 10 year contract and you pay the game yep. plus a percentage of the sales that then goes back into advertising. Uh, they get a good deal in advertising. Like you couldn't put out ads cheaper than they could put out ads that buy advertising yeah. in bulk. So there's like situations there where it's a big plus. But when I look at these numbers and I think about like, like just the idea of starting a franchise, like eat, like how many times I've thought, man, if I could take this spot that I have right now and change it into of this you know it would make so much more money but then like i think man the amount of money that goes into this like people mm-hmm. don't realize i don't think the margins are any different either from a small business in my opinion you know i've, I've looked into franchising and, and things like that the margins are different you still have to do all the same work it's a passionless project the only people that make millions and millions of dollars of franchises are the types of people that are like sharks and they buy up dying franchises you know people trying to get out of the business and uh, you know they kind of flip them revitalize them do whatever Uh, but the margins are essentially the same especially in restaurants uh, where if you were to you know start your own local restaurant you do it at a much lower uh, overhead fee. You don't have to pay other people all the time, you know, sucking out your money and siphoning out all the profits. Uh, so you automatically have a little bit more margin there. Um, you know, maybe maybe the, the income year over year isn't the same as owning a McDonald's or a Wendy's or Burger King or whatever. But the margins are percentage-wise a little bit better. You're still keeping more of your profit and uh, you get to care a little bit more of what you're doing. Your asset base is better when you yep. have the franchise though because now you own something that is of high value because of the amount of money you spend on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously if you if you started, um, you know, whatever franchise, you know, like in, in Lincoln where I'm from, they don't have a Taco Bell anymore. So if you went and spent the $575,000 minimum to start a Taco Bell, but how long does it take to make six hundred thousand dollars in Lincoln at a Taco Bell? Like, well, it's going to take a long time. 
And you're gonna you're gonna or, go through a lot of bad you employees. Open, you open up a taco stand for fifty thousand. It's a lot quicker to make fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it is. The only the only problem is is that they'll walk right by you. You know, I mean, in in a, and I'm in a situation spot, where yeah. you know I have a restaurant that is you know two doors down from a Charlie's franchise. The Charlie's franchise is two hundred thirty thousand at least to start, maybe one hundred fifty in a mall, and. You know, they're still they're still going to double the sales that I get every day because they're a franchise, because they're in that spot and people know the name. So the brand does have power. I mean, brands have power. Brands have value. I I think the thing that really shakes me when I look at these kind of numbers is that I know that an average person couldn't do this. Like when people talk about like, oh, you can go out and do anything you want to do. You know, good luck going to the bank today and saying, hey. I want to own a Taco Bell. It's the number five fastest growing yep. franchise, according to Entrepreneur Magazine this month. Yep. See, here it is right here, Mr. Lending Officer. And then you, you go in there and you make your case. You're like, I want to start a Taco Bell. I'll own the property. So the yep. property has value. And, uh, and it's going to be a great place. And I just need $750,000. So I have working capital and, and I can own the building yep. and I can get all my equipment and pay my franchise fees. And the bank's going to be like... You and know, it's, it's, be always totally the people, it's always the people that spend that barely make that two hundred thousand dollar, two hundred twenty thousand dollar mortgage payment, which banks just give out mortgages for nothing. You know, sure. they'll give anybody a mortgage and they can't sure, afford, they they, they can afford your mortgage payment and you're gonna want double that mortgage loan on a much shorter term and you're going to get rejected by the franchise anyway because you don't have any net worth if if your business fails to pay back McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about that, it it literally comes back to me to that same idea that I feel like, you know, I I said I talked to the kids about. It's no shortcuts. You know, you can go and start your own business. You can bootstrap it up and, and you can work it. You can try to make it happen. And if you expect a line of people tomorrow after you start it, it's not going to work. If you think you're going to start a Facebook page tonight and that's going to change the value of your life by tomorrow, that's not going to work. Or if you're going to start a YouTube channel or you, you know, here we have a podcast, we start a podcast, you know, obviously in this case, we don't depend on this podcast for our financial future because we have money and dry powder just, you know, all over the place. But at the same time, you know, like we don't expect you know, our podcast to be so big that overnight everybody's listening to it and they're all talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the streets are filled with people who just can't quit saying, I want to be a baller. I want to be a baller like Luke and Dalton. You know, I mean, sure. And there's a fantasy world where I think that. But I mean, I don't even know if I really want people saying that kind of stuff in the street. I kind of want them to just stay at home and say nice things. <laughs> so, you know, it's like it's one of these situations where. When I think about the world of business, I think about the present economy, I, I and I look at the prices of these franchises and I think about the businesses we're already involved in. And I and I and then I think, what would I do if I had a million extra dollars right now? And I just don't think that what I would do is start a supercuts, the number one fastest growing franchise, according to Entrepreneur Magazine. I don't think I would go out and start a supercuts. I actually think that I couldn't do better than defates, you know? Uh, <laughs> Which didn't have to pay that money to start. I mean, we gotta get we gotta get a good barber on the show. We're gonna get a barber on here. So I, I I mean I hate the idea of that too because it's like 
Man, I can't even think of a of a franchise that I love enough that I would rather do their model than my own. I used to dream of owning a Popeyes because I love chicken. Yeah. Like, it's in my blood. You know? It's <laughs> like it's just part of how I am. And if you think you can eat a lot of chicken anytime, anywhere, I'll eat more chicken than you. Especially Joe, if you're out there, Joe. I've heard about you. I'll eat more chicken than you, guaranteed. But I want you guys to know, I want to start Popeyes so bad because I just thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to own the best chicken chain in the United States? To bring the po' boy back. And yeah, I'd love to bring the po' boy back because when I had Abishai, he was a four po' boy baby. I ate four <laughs> po' boys just in the in the days that I was having that that baby. And, you know, uh, in, in the process of like, now I had another baby, I couldn't even have a po' boy because they took it away. So, man, sure, I would consider it just for that. But at the end of the day, if I had the money to start a Popeyes, even in you know a town where I know they need one, which is every town, <laughs> um, I still like. There's no way I'd do it. Or how about like the person that was like, you know what, I want to start. I want to start a Hardee's. You're gonna be thinking like, what? Like, where were you in life? Were you at the bottom of a barrel somewhere and somebody gave you a bunch of money and said, hey, you want to start a Hardee's? And you're like, heck yeah. I feel like you have the, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier about how big multi-level marketing schemes have been like coming up. You know, you always see them on Facebook. You get you get a message from somebody that you went to high school with or college with they have not spoken to since and you know they checking in so that you can join in on their multi-level marketing. A uh, franchising is the biggest multi-level marketing. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Like franchising is the biggest multi-level marketing, and uh, I want to be a part of it. As much as I love McDonald's, and I hope somebody keeps doing it, uh, I want to own it, and I want to work at McDonald's every day to make maybe eighty thousand dollars a year. And that's what blows my mind. If I had the money, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't buy any of those franchises. The only thing, only franchise I would buy if I had the money is an NBA franchise. Ooh! And, shout out to Stevie B. And if I am could I buy, bomber? yo, am I a bomber? <laughs> Man, am I a bomber? Full circle. Thinking about buying a franchise. <laughs> if I had an extra two Billy, that's the first thing I'll buy. Michael Jordan's gonna buy a ballpark. Do you remember those commercials? <laughs> uh, you ever see those? He's getting. He's just getting a ballpark hot dog. It's pretty funny. Um, anyway, I know that Bomber's buying the FedEx. I mean, I mean the forum, the forum. Um, but for real though, if I had two Billy, I'd buy the Bulls for sure. If I if if I'd I was gonna buy Pax first day, if I was gonna buy any NBA franchise, oh man, now I can't, <laughs> now I can't decide. All right, all right. I think the Grizzlies are the most uh, are the cheapest one. I, I think last time I read, they were like. 750 bill or 750 million. Well, oh, they're so. probably worth way more now. They got John Moran. Oh, yeah, that's true. JT owns part of the Grizzlies, though. And I would like to work with JT. He's a man of the woods. <laughs> um, I think that I think if I could buy any franchise, like let's say, let's say I only had two billion, so we can't buy like the Lakers. Uh, you know, I like to take the big ones off the table. I have to buy a small market franchise. Yeah. I think that I would buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know why it's no. cold up there, but like no. I feel like that organization is an organization I'd like to revitalize. I think it'd be fun to to buy like a minor. I've never been team. in Minnesota, so you can't blame me. Yeah, I I always thought it'd be fun to be a like a minor league team owner, like 
Like, dude, what if we what if we went in and we bought like the Fort Wayne and the Phoenix Suns would be fun to own too. Yeah, that's true. And Mr. Sharky's team, Sacramento Kings, I would own them for if sure. If I if I own the Phoenix Suns, I would pay Charles Barkley a hundred thousand dollars a game just to just to like you know like when you play in pickup games at the rec and there's always that guy that tries to shoot hoops at the end that like when you're playing full court. And you run to the other end. <laughs> and he comes in and he starts chewing hoops, but and you he, yell at he him breaks sometimes. it, and the ball like runs yeah. off onto the court. Man, I paid Charles Barkley a hundred thousand dollars at a Phoenix Suns game just to like run onto the court every time the ball like crosses half court, shoot a hoop, run off. I think that. it would be fun to own a uh, own the Orlando Magic uh, because they've needed a good owner. Or the Chicago Bulls. Um, those are probably the two teams I'd want to own. Yeah. Orlando location, and because I feel like it could be a great team. Yeah. And the Bulls, because I'd actually take it seriously. If I owned the Magic, I would always keep one 15, 15th roster spot open for 10-day contracts. Mm. And those 10-day contracts would always be a celebrity. <laughs> like, just like, they're not going to play. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be like, who's on the team this week? I'd be like, oh, yeah. Kevin Hart's on the team this yeah, week. And then, like, everyone comes down because they want to see Kevin Hart. He suits up. He warms up with the it's team. It's Disney. It's, it's I a, get it's DJ Khaled. I get all kinds of people. Orlando, you know, I've been to Orlando a couple times. And one thing that I've realized about Orlando is it's kind of like the PG version of Las Vegas. It's like I Las- thought that was Branson. <laughs> No, Branson. Branson is the same as Gallenberg. You get hitched like, in three days in Branson. Yeah, it's like if you collectively make under thirty thousand dollars a year as a family, Branson and uh, and Gallenberg are like the places to, hey, I've been to spend. To your tax I had return. a good time in Gallenberg. You can buy I, Christmas stuff all Alan year and round. I went there. to Gallenberg and we hated it. Can you imagine a place where people are excited to buy Christmas stuff all year round? I hate that. It's messed up. That is messed up. That's like if the mall somehow yeah. contaminated the middle of America into some really bad. I, mean, I thought we were doing place. a business episode. Now, but hey, we're back I, on basketball. Hey, if people if people want to sell Christmas stuff and that's their that's their form of hustle, you go on and do it. You know what I mean? You go on and do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy a Santa Claus T-shirt right in the middle of April. You know, I don't care. Santa Claus does my taxes. You know. I wish Santa Claus did my taxes. I I just I see like. I definitely would buy. I would buy an NBA franchise. I would buy a Big Three franchise. But I would I, definitely. I like the idea of like a gym franchise. Like, I would definitely rather start my own thing though. Like you know, like how much does it cost to start like some of these like privately owned yeah. gyms? There's no way they cost the because way it costs because like so yeah. I was you know there there are two models of gyms. You can have a Planet Fitness ten dollars a month. Everybody feels welcome. You know, and, and gyms make money because obviously they don't have enough space for all their members because you go to the gym once a month or you buy your membership, you know, go for a year, but you're still giving them, you know, $10 a month plus a $75 a year or whatever. Or you have a gym like an Equinox, you know, like a high profile local gym that you're paying $100, $150 a month. And those are the people going there every time. So it's like a dope gym. You know, you really have it catered to your clientele. Um, you make it small enough because it's big enough for all the people that actually go because they're paying $150 a month and they're going to it. Uh, and so I think that'd be like a cool, cool idea. Yeah, like I, if you I'd had a million dollars, you wouldn't have started a gym. Like if I gave you a million to invest right now, I came to you and I said, 
I said, Dalton, I got a million dollars. I want you to invest this money for me. I wouldn't go invest my money in a gym. But if I bought all the things that I use and I never have to pay a membership for anything, I'd buy like a no. movie. I'd buy you family would, video. You would invest. I wouldn't need estate. Netflix if I owned a family video. That's stupid. <laughs> you would you would invest in real estate. Yeah. You would invest in stocks. Yeah. And that's probably it. I, I honestly, as much as, uh, you know, I don't like their model higher up, but uh, I thought WeWork's a dope like franchise idea. Yeah, uh, but I mean, and, and and maybe you would invest in that as part of the real estate. Like, I can see you doubling your real estate. I mean, I yeah. think that's what that's what either of us would do. But like, you wouldn't go spend it on just some startup idea yeah. straight yeah. up, or on a on a franchise. You're definitely not buying a supercuts. Yeah. Like, you you roll up to me and say, "Here's a million dollars. I want you to invest it and give me the best return I can get." I'm just not buying a supercuts. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. As reality, and even if you like name a franchise that I love, like a cookout or a, you know, like 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 a food place, like I'm that. big on on small or franchises. Something like that. I'm do, not, you know, like ten ten chains and under. You know, there's my my favorite restaurant ever uh, closed down. I think they expanded too quickly, but Fat Mo's, R.I.P. Fat Mo's in Springfield. Yeah, man, they had like six piece. locations within like. I mean, I swear within two years, they opened up the first location in the six. I think that's probably what, what did them under. But I love that idea of like a regional franchise. Like, I mean, you got to go to Texas because of Whataburger, even though I don't really like Whataburger that much. Yeah. I've been there, but like, oh, I'm a big you know, fan you got to go to California because In-N-Out and that's the only place. So then, I'm a big fan of In-N-Out. So when people go, you have to go. And, uh, you know, those are kind of bigger on the scale, but like, I mean, you got to go to Central Illinois because you can get you know, A, B, and C, D. Or like, man, I'd start a Trader Joe's for sure, though. People be going to that place. Man, that that county market on the west, and I think if that was a Whole Foods, that'd be the best spot in town. Yeah, I went there and I went there recently. It was all right. You know, uh, I think the I think the thing is, is like most of the time, these franchises they're just not attractive. They're just not the thing you're really interested in. Yeah. And I mean, I think there is good franchises. I know um, there's that there's that coffee company. Uh, I can't I can't remember the name of it. Um, but they Starbucks. No, it's 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 on the West Coast. <laughs> Make cafe. It's like it's like something bros. You know what I'm talking about? I science bagels. You know what I'm talking about? It's like it's like a it's like barista bros, but that's not it. No. Anyway, I know that like if you manage one, they give you a way that you can like on credit buy yeah. your own franchise. And I think that's super cool. That's a great yeah. model. I think that that rewarding your managers into owners uh-huh. is like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that's a good it's, way. It's like for what you said, like everybody eats. Yeah. That's an yeah. everybody eats situation. And I, and I like that situation. I had a friend. Uh, I still have his friend. One of my friends uh, makes music um, and they... Uh, they had a producer for a while that was making all the, all their beats and stuff and they were trying to market their stuff. And the producer said, you know, the best way to market it. And, and I, this like blows my mind, but this is what he said. He said, what you should do is throw a party like somewhere cool, just like rent out a space, save up some money, throw like a really big party and, uh, and just put like uh, just have like free beer and free food and just like, and it's free to get in, but you have to sign an email, like sign up on the email list to get in. And then you get all these people's email and then you can send them your marketing stuff and, and get them to check out your music. 
and uh, it's a great business idea. And I think, man, if that guy had a million dollars, he would just throw a million dollar party just to get a bunch of email addresses. <laughs> and I thought, man, that's a pretty bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's actually targeted marketing on social media and you could just spend your money to market to those same people yeah. just like that. That's true. Uh, so, uh, you know, like it, when, it, when it comes down to it, the amount of people that come around with bad ideas and don't understand really what they're talking yeah. about is so rough. Well, and I want to help those people. I want them to see like, hey, don't go start this bad business or don't go do this thing. You don't you don't want to do this. You love your family. You're not going to see them if you do this. And it's not going to make the money you think. Yep. Like you can't quit your job and do this. Like you you want to franchise an Outback Steakhouse because you love that Bloomin' Onion so much. And you go there I like do love Friday the Bloomin' Onion. Like you, you know. you're sweating a way to make like barely more what you're paying your GM of the restaurant. Like that's not... My mom would come see me if I, if I owned an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I owned an Outback, I'd let my mom eat there for free, for sure. Yeah, my mom likes Outback a lot, and if I owned one, I would probably actually see her sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but but so going back to your original point, when, when people come up to you and they're like, hey, why don't you start this franchise? Or like, you know, instead of Zach's Raps, like, why don't you wrap up? you know taco me and have a talk about franchise and the food core we know I'll, whatever like i'll tell you straight up i'd change that traps into a pizza spot in a hot minute if i had the yeah, right, but right like, situation right like now. whenever somebody comes up with that idea you know they're like why don't you franchise why don't you do this do that i always want to like let people know if you already have this idea somebody else already has and the reason you think it's a great idea is because they you know somebody already made money on it and like there aren't enough original ideas every every idea that most people have is a variation of somebody else's ideas and thoughts and you put your own little twist on it or you just copy it straight up and like slap a sticker on it so if you think that you have a great idea that's gonna blow starbucks out of the water like listen there are the dopest coffee shops in kansas city and there are still starbucks in cop in kansas city like it's just gonna happen oh yeah and like you, you aren't gonna beat these great ideas. There, there may be room for multiple of them within a town or within a city, but like you don't have better ideas or better execution than, than these other people. Um, and and I always think about people like, um, you know, when when people think that you know this is a great business or or whatever, they talk about franchises, retails, and things like that. And then you you ask somebody to name off as many businesses as they can, like. How many businesses can you name off the top of your head? Like, what, you're going to be thinking 10 minutes and and getting to 50, 100 because you're, like, stuck up. You're like, oh, McDonald's, McDonald's. But that's really because you just passed six McDonald's on the way here. Like, it's hard to think about those. But really, we're a country... And globally, like every every city in the world is made up not by retail franchises, but by small businesses... And whereas like you may not be able to name as many small businesses because they're not as prominent, like those are the makeups of your economy, like those are the makeups of your city. Those are what make things cool and unique and different. And those are like the real hustlers like going in, they're doing their passion, they're opening up a bookstore, they're opening up that ice cream shop on the corner, their own cool coffee stand, their own bar, their own lounge cafe, you know, clothing store, whatever. Like those are the things that are like real great ideas because it takes ingenuity 
to be a player on the block when you're opening up your boutique with Old Navy down the road. Yeah, it does. It, it, ta- it takes you actually having to try, and you're never going to do as well as they do, but you're also never going to have the startup costs. Yep. And then it really just comes down to passion. It really just comes down to what you're really passionate about. And what's the point of, what's the point of entrepreneuring if, like, you don't have any passion? Then, like, what's... Then go get a job. Yeah. Because, because at the end of the day, there's security and jobs. It's like, it's yep. like people don't realize, I feel like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur because they don't like their job. But like their job gives them freedom that they they would never be able to have. And unless you're just made up of being different, like like I can't work a job. And if you said if you said, Luke, you're going to be at this job for the next five years, you're going to work eight to five. and It's going to pay twice what you've ever made. I would be like, no, I can't do that. Like I, I literally am incapable. Like the idea of that would bring me into a, a really dark place. Like I would feel a burden from it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just know I can't do that. But that is sometimes a strength, but it's mostly a weakness because starting businesses is actually hard. Mm-hmm. And though I've been involved in a lot of startups and we've worked really hard at them, it doesn't mean that we're like all super successful. And it's also like, you know, like how many times from every business I've been in, people come up and they ask for, for you know, like for you to donate to different, um, you know, like things going on. And it's usually stuff that you, you really would like to donate to. Uh, like benefits and things like that for people. And they think, well, you have a business, so you have to be able to do this. And you think, nah, like, you don't understand. Because I have a business, I actually have less money than if you just ask random people on the street yeah. who are actually working yeah. and, and can just keep a regular budget and aren't you, stupid. You would make you the would same amount of money GM in a McDonald's as you would owning it. Yeah, with most likely. Way less yeah. work, way less stress. Like, you're doing the same well, amount the of GM work. GM probably still has a lot of stress. Yeah, I mean, like, you're doing the same amount of work hour wise you know labor wise whatever but like i'd be a lot less stressed because at the end of the day like even if i'm working 80 hours as a gm at mcdonald's like i don't own the mcdonald's and have to worry about the six other mcdonald's that i'm competing against in every other place like oh yeah because you're making making the same money like it's just it's just one of those situations where people don't see it's always a grass is green on the other side situation they think oh man if i could just own a bakery or if i could just do this if I could just own, I don't know, bakery comes up because I remember some people in Chicago that that I met that wanted to start a bakery when they retired. And I thought, you don't want to do that when you retire. <laughs> that's that's yeah. hard. That's like, that's hard. You want to do that right now until like you're yeah. at, or you just don't yeah. want to do it at all. Like, yeah, decide. Or they want to start like they always have some kind of passion project. And a lot of people who have been successful in those things, like especially in small towns where where like you see people who are pretty much retired who are running little shops. Mm-hmm. Those people already made money some way and this is what they did because yeah. they retired. Yeah. You know, like I talk about Gene a lot. You know, Gene had his store. He didn't need to sell a lot of stuff on Route 66 to have money. He'd already made money. Mm-hmm. He had that store so he can meet people and have a good time. Yeah. And I guarantee you there's people like, man, I wish I could just run a store like that. And they don't get that there's no shortcuts. You can't just run a store like that. You got to figure out a way to make some money yep. first. Yeah. And then if you've made that money, then you might get to run a store like that. Yep. Yeah. I would tell you my retirement idea. Is it a water shop? I wish. I should I should include that. Into, it, it, listen, if I open up any business that I open up from now moving forward, we'll have a dope water station. I hereby declare it. Like a water cooler? <laughs> yeah. Like a Brita filter. Um, 
But I uh, as long as there's not dry yeah. powder and there's just nice water everywhere to make no, it not dry. No, my retirement plan is I think it'd be it'd be the illest thing to run a bookstore that I just like basically you know move enough inventory to pay, like pay to keep the lights on essentially while I just get to like you know share my favorite literature, read a book or whatever. Because I don't think I could sling enough books in the world where Amazon's slinging all of the books. Or libraries are better at getting books and buying them. That uh, I could even make money off a bookstore to run it now. But man, if that's not the best idea to own a business, you know, like you said, make enough money and then you work your own bakery into whenever you know you just want to quit it or a bookstore things like that. Like those are those are great uh, ideas and passion projects, and those are more on the passion side than the money making side of entrepreneurship but i think it's all important and i um yeah i'm really big on entrepreneurship in terms of the impact that you make whether it's impact in the city because you have a cool bookstore on the block you have a cool coffee shop you know cool pub whatever um or you're impacting other people and uh you know like you said everybody eats you're paying employees well so that uh, you know, employees are not having to, you know, while they may be working in an industry that is deemed uh, lesser than by other people in the world, you know, you're running uh, fast food, retail, things like that. Like the industries that people try to shy off, like, you know, there's still important industries that have to be around. And so you're impacting them with livable wages, good things like that, you know, whether it's a sweat, sweat equity program um, or the impacts that you make, um, you know, whether it's donating, uh, reaching out to uh, the youth and uh, conversing um, good ideas and teaching and, and things like that. Like, I think um, those are such key and essential roles of entrepreneurship that, you know, really drive me and help keep me focused and centered. You know who could have really helped us start a really good business? That Mike Bloomberg, with all the money he spent <laughs> on that whack election that yeah. he tried to pretend he was involved in, yeah. we could have used that money to help a lot of people that could have had living wages, could have supplemented a lot of wages. That's true. Could have made a lot of people have a better uh, quality of life. Mm. And uh, could have helped some people start their dream. Maybe could have helped somebody finally get that Supercuts franchise. It, is, it kills me to think... He just wasted $500 million in two months over he, nothing. He could have sponsored this for podcast. Nothing. He could have sponsored audio feed. Think about that. That would have been nice. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I think that full circle, though, that that brings us back to the idea, you know, there's no shortcuts. You got You got to always know there's somebody better. And the best plan is everybody eats. And if you can't figure out a way to make everybody eat, that's probably not a very good business plan. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that um, I think that everybody thinks that, you know, business is kind of a walk in the park. And then these same people can't even understand tax brackets, you know. So <laughs> I feel like we're living in a world that's like they're not getting the right training somewhere. Yeah. And people are having the right conversations yeah. and they don't really know what's and going on. And if people on. thought that they had a great enough idea, they'd do it. Yeah. Or they would always talk about it like they had yeah. a good idea and, and never, never pull the trigger. And I, that's obviously like that's something I can't deal with. Like, I just rather do my idea and fail and, and and know that I didn't just get afraid and not pull the trigger, you know. But I get I get why people choose the other way. And, and I, I think I admire people that can do it, that can stick to something and, and do that and figure it out. 
Um, but I also admire Warren Buffett. So, you know, <laughs> I, I admire him maybe more. So it's like, <laughs> Hey, you know, um, but I, I definitely, I definitely just feel like there's, there's a place where, where people have to get in a business mindset that gets them thinking like, if, if you had this much money, what would you actually do? And what is like, I feel like the, I feel like you got to put all pride and glamour just right on out the window, just like get, put it to the side, get rid of it and say, OK, would I really want this thing? You know, like because I think that like with coffee shops, I, I think people just think it's glamorous, like kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, really trendy, hip. You know, you got a coffee shop and it's like, well, I mean, that's if that's your motivation, definitely undo it, you know. And I, I think that about a lot of jobs when I hear people talk about I hear people always want to start a pizza place. Um, you know, they always like are thinking of these things and I, I want to go, but you know that like you actually have to work though, right? Like there's not a situation where you don't yeah. have to work. Yeah. That situation is like, that's a luck situation. That's a lottery. That's a, you know, you were born seven foot and mm-hmm. can shoot from 40 feet away. Yeah. It's, it's like, like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like any, anything that we really know about, um, it's because it's an anomaly. Yeah. You know, your kid's like, not LeBron James because yeah. there's just LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. We know LeBron James, but we don't know the other 100,000, like, basketball players. Now, you can't... You know, trying to make it... If you league. get to a high enough level, you can cheat your way like the Astros. <laughs> but that isn't the same as cheating your way through life at, at a small level. Now, if you were born and your parents were rich and uh, and they gave you a lot of money so you could start a Supercuts, you know, great. Good for you. I'm glad that you didn't have to try very hard. That that is the ultimate there is, super cut in life. It's, yeah, there is. They were, they had the super cut for sure, um, and and they did not dream high. They were like, man, I just want to own like five supercuts. Um, bad barbershop. We really bashed supercuts hard this episode. It's because um, I love my but barbershop. Hey, if we ever own an NBA franchise and if supercuts wants us to name the stadium the Supercut Stadium. That's uh, enough for me, dog. No, I'm good with it <laughs> as long as they're bringing a lot of money. Or like, like uh, well, we've talked about this before, but NBA teams are sponsored. Like they got those jersey sponsorships yeah. by some of the wackest companies. So I mean, Bumble. honestly, if the Lakers want to trade Wish for Supercuts, I'm fine with that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, if Bumble wants to become Jan Pro uh, Franchising International, like oh yeah, Jan Pro number two hottest uh, growing yeah, yeah. franchise. It would right be now sick in America. if like a baseball. Team Team was sponsored by like the cleaning service in every series. They'd be like, "We're getting the sweep. We're getting coming the by uh, international cleaning services." Well, you would think that an NBA team would be sponsored by Duncan. That's easy. I don't know? get it, but yeah. <laughs> All right, ballers out. Uh, follow us on uh, Instagram at Am I Baller. Uh, you know, comment, rate, let us know what you think. If you know anybody that's trying out for the big three, we want to have them on the show. Uh, contact us. You can contact us on Instagram. Uh, just send us a DM. Uh, slide right into our DMs, and we will slide you a message back and uh, set something up. Or we will ignore you completely because maybe we're uncomfortable with you. <laughs> Either way, uh, follow us there. Rate us, comment. We love you. Uh, don't yeah. don't start a franchise unless you really want yeah. to. Don't start a business unless you really really want to. Yeah, yeah. If you got a sick business idea or a franchise idea, comment or hit us up on our Instagram page, and we'll tell you why uh, we don't like it. Yeah, or if you want to come on the show with your idea 
and talk it over. Maybe we can decide what it really is. You know, if it's an ambition, if it's a side hustle, or if you should just give that nonsense up. Just saying. And, uh, yep, shout out to NBA Matt. I uh, hope you're doing good out there. Hope you're balling it up in the neighborhoods. <laughs> shout hope out you're to, being a wizard on the shout court. Shout out to creating the realest, uh, realest joint the mall's ever seen. Yeah, and for, and for supporting the propane business. So hard, man, going old school on them. Selling propane. Getting them with that blue-collar propane, yeah. And he'll drive it up in that's, the truck, drop it off at your house. That's Straight a real up. hustler. He'll bring it right in the mountains. Straight up. He'll bring it right to your house in Branson. <laughs> like, it's just, like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Ayapa goes to Branson like it's Vegas all the time. Man, I believe that. He does. He goes He's to Vegas, big, Vegas big and then he throws fanatic. big parties and he just DJs them up. It's crazy. He throw, he'll throw a big party and all you have to do is put your email address down. <laughs> And, uh, and it'll be all kinds of free stuff. And they'll market propane to you later as like a business plan. That's what I heard. Thanks for listening That's to this episode of the My Baller Podcast. My Baller is brought to you by Baristi Voice and is produced by Miko Club. If you're thinking about starting a franchise, we hope you're not discouraged. We just want you to be aware that there are a lot of obstacles and that there is a mountain to climb. But that's okay, because some people are mountain climbers. Dalton and I, we prefer to stay on the flat ground we call the basketball court. Hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in and always listen until the very end. Did I ever tell you about uh, about the time that I had a newspaper hustle? You ever hear about that? No, now let's hear it. So when I was a kid, let's, we can end the podcast with this story because it's ridiculous. It's just- when I was a kid, um, my dad really liked to read the newspaper, uh, which I think all good fathers uh, should enjoy reading a newspaper. I feel like you look back, especially on our era, you know, because I feel like I feel like my kids are not going to be like, oh, yeah, dad enjoyed reading the newspaper because, well, I mean, I hardly ever read a newspaper that they see. They say he really enjoys his phone, like right in his face. Well, let's be real. But... You know, my, my dad, he would read the newspaper and he seemed really into it, right? Like he really seemed to do that a lot and he really enjoyed it. So one time I was downtown and uh, I was at the gas station and they had those newspaper machines. You could just pull it open, like you yeah, buy a newspaper yeah. for 50 cents or something, pull it open yeah. and grab a newspaper. Um, they had a newspaper machine and I went to check to see if it was open because I'm a kid and it was. <laughs> And I was like, dang. And it had like 50 newspapers in it. And I was like, man, my dad's going to love these. And so I just took all 50 newspapers and I just pulled them out. I think I even took the one that was in the window. I was like, I'm getting all of them. Dad's going to be dad's gonna be excited to have these. And then I walked all the way back to my grandma's house, which was like, you know, like six or seven blocks from there. And I said, dad, look what I got you. I got you these newspapers. And man, was he mad. <laughs> he was so mad. And I didn't understand why he was mad. I was like, I was like, bro, I think I, I think I actually put you 50 got cents. Too many. <laughs> I think I actually put 50 cents in the machine and then just took all of them. Cause I was like, this crazy. You could just take them all. Agreed. Did you think that they were all different news? Like, <laughs> I just oh, thought man, that, they got the whole month here. I thought that dad liked them so much that you would probably like